Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com. I Work, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. And when I say fast, today is going to be really fast. But super big thanks go out to the whole crew here at Salem Communications and WTBN, but specifically Ace Andrews, as he'll be engineering the show today. Hey, when you're out, I just challenge you, go out to iWorkForHim.com tonight. When you've got some time to just check it out. And when you're out there, when you go out to the website, iWorkTheNumberForHim.com, you'll notice a flag that pops up that says, Join the iWorkForHim Nation. Click on that flag. It doesn't automatically join you, but it'll tell you what we're looking for. Around the country and across the globe, we're looking for Christ followers to make this these set of commitments. Number one, that I'll start praying for my coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That I'll look to serve those people in my workplace, those same coworkers and employees. That I'll look for ways to befriend those same people. That I'll look for ways to pray with people when I notice they're just having a rough day. Hey, Betty, I notice you just don't, you look a little down today. Is there something going on? And then Betty will tell you what's going on. And you say, hey, Betty, can I pray with you about that today? I got an opportunity to pray with a business owner this morning just like that, whose business had some insurance damage last night. And what a great opportunity to pray with somebody who's, who's just trying to figure out where does God fit into his life? But the bottom line, Anybody who joins the I Work For Him Nation, we're looking for people to commit to excellence. That no matter what you do, whether you're digging ditches, laying pipe, you're a teaching a class, you're an executive, you're a lawyer, you're an insurance agent, or a used car salesman, whatever you may be, that you'll do your work with excellence so that our Heavenly Father can be glorified. But it does take a paradigm shift in our minds as we recognize that in order to follow Jesus, we have to do this. What Paul says in Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Today, Martha and I, well, that's right, Martha's in studio on a rare Wednesday appearance. Martha, <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Since you're like three times this week going to be in studio. I like I that. When we, when we get it back up to five days a week, then we'll know we've truly accomplished something. We welcome today Ford Taylor. Ford Taylor has, well, his resume is so long and so complex, I couldn't possibly say it all. But Ford Taylor is in charge of the workplace initiative having to do with Love 2020. You may say, Jim, what's Love 2020? Well, wait till you find out, because it's going to rock your world what this organization is planning on doing by 2020, and that's what we're going to talk about today, because it's going to transform our country. Ford, welcome to I Work For Him. 
Uh, thank you, Jim. It's a pleasure to be with you. And Martha, of course. Thank More you. of a pleasure to be with you. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I get that all the time. Yeah. I don't even get that. You poor thing. I do. I, it's just terrible. Ford, talk to me about how you've noticed the Lord working in those intimate details of your life recently. Uh, well, you know, Jim, lots of times the Lord does his best work in the intimate details when we're not doing so well. Mm-hmm. And so recently I was probably at the the healthiest part of my life ever physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. Uh, and then all of a sudden I started getting really sick. And after months of misdiagnosis around potential tumors, and I mean, you name it, uh, they finally diagnosed me with Lyme disease. Mm. And it's interesting that during that season, you know, I went through a period of where I just didn't really feel like I was experiencing God at all. Uh, not much was making me feel good. I mean, even prayer, worship. Uh, but during that time, as I started coming out of it, uh, you know, we, we learn our best lessons sometimes in those. And so much intimate detail, if you will, uh, started coming about about even how to do what we've been doing for 13 or 14 years uh, much better, much more specific, and much more intentional. So it's interesting that, you know, most people want to talk about the good things that that's going on, I think, when you ask that question. But uh, for me, there's a, there's so much good going on, but what happened during that season and the, and the coming out of that season has been pretty astonishing. Well, on that good is, I mean, we talk about adversity on the show all the time and how the Lord uses adversity to take us from where we are, take us from who we are to who he can use. And whether, you know, whether he uses Lyme's disease or a lost job or a death in the family, whatever it may be for Joseph, it was a loss of his, all his family, you know, going to be a slave. Then he went in prison. I mean, God uses adversity in our lives in order to stretch us and to take us and mold us into the the men and women that he can use. So uh, I'm sorry to hear that he's used Lyme disease to do that for you. Uh, But uh, do you know how you got it? I mean, where were you running that you picked up a tick? Well, so we're not sure yet. Really? I was in Alaska, I was in Portland, and then in South Africa. So I was in a lot of places within three yeah. or four weeks of each other. So we're not 100% sure where it came from, but we're sure it came. <laughs> wow. So talk to me about Love 2020. we got just a minute or so before we go to go to break. Just introduce the audience to Love 2020. Well, Love 2020 is a concept birthed by a ministry called Mission America, which was birthed by the Luzon Conference in the early 70s, where Billy Graham and a lot of leaders came together, about 70 of them. And the, the playing out of that today is called Mission America. Uh, Paul Cedar and the director of, is the director, and that team had a vision of what if we could touch every person in America with the love of Jesus, with prayer, care, or share by the end of 2020. That's a big vision. It's a big vision. I mean, it, 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 I, we're one of the smaller countries in the world, but that's a big vision. Yeah, it's over 300 million people. It's unbelievable. We're talking about giving some kind of touch. An authentic touch of Jesus by 2020. Ford Taylor is with the Mission America Coalition, really focused on Love 2020. He is the director of the Workplace Initiative for Love 2020. And you're going to hear all about it. No, you don't know everything about it right now. But this is something that everybody listening to today, whether you're listening live on the radio, you're listening to iHeartRadio, you're listening to TuneIn or the iTunes podcast, however you're listening today, you're going to hear something that this is something you could put your feet to immediately. And, and I'm super excited. Love 2020 and the Mission America Coalition and I work for him are going to work together this next year to make sure that this movement catches fire right here in Tampa Bay and explodes across the world. Whether we're part of that or not, we just want to make sure that you understand what we're doing. So, Ford, 
Mission America Coalition, you said it, it, it spawned off from the, how do you say, Luzanne? Yeah, that's close enough. And I remember reading about that. Was that when Billy Graham said that the next great revival is going to happen in the workplace? Uh, Billy Graham did say in, in, in the little message I gave at Mission America, said, isn't it amazing that a Southern Baptist could be so prophetic that, uh, <laughs> that, that he would be the one to say the next great move in America will take place in the workplace. Yeah. Are Baptists allowed to be prophetic? I don't even know if that's even allowed. Speaking from a Baptist, I'm just razzing all you Baptists God can up. do all things. Yes, he can, despite all of us people in the go to church. All right. So. Mission America Coalition was formed after that conference, so it's been around a long time, the Mission America Coalition? Uh, Mission America's been around for quite a while because different continents have their own version of that Luzon Conference, and again, in America, that's what it's called. Got it. So talk to me about where this idea came up of being intentional about inspiring Christ followers across the country to bring an authentic touch of Christ to every American by 2020. Where'd this idea come from? Well, I, I think it came from God, of course. Uh, for me, about 15 years ago, uh, I, I was asking God, you know, how could a guy who didn't miss church for 13 years have some of the moral failures I had? You know, why is it that we aren't seeing transformation in families and churches and businesses? Mm-hmm. And as I prayed and read the Bible, uh, I, I actually teach now that this is a theory. You know, what's keeping us from transformation? And, you know, and Jesus asked Many times he's asked questions in the Bible. Most of the time he answers with a question or a story. But sometimes he answers with an answer. And I started focusing on those places where he just tells us what to do. That way you don't have to try to figure out what the parable means, what's the story mean. You just go do it. And uh, he's asked these questions. How do I spend eternity with you? Uh, How do I enter the kingdom of God? What's the greatest commandment? Depending on your version of the Bible. And he answers all those questions the same way. He says, love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your flesh. Now, in some cases, he only calls out three of those things, and in some cases, he calls out all four. So let's put that in today's English. Love the Lord the Lord God emotionally, physically, mentally, and spiritually. And then he said the second one is equal to the first one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And the more I prayed and started reading into this, I started realizing that the problem with Christians is that we do love our neighbor as we love ourselves, and there lies the problem. And so often it's because we're so focused on ourselves. And sometimes just by shifting our focus on others, we actually can learn to love ourselves because we start really understanding how much God loves us, how much grace we really have been shown through the death of Jesus on the cross. And while most Christians know that in their mind, they don't necessarily feel loved and forgiven. And when they feel loved and forgiven, it's easy to love and forgive others. So I, I want to step back because what you just said was probably, well, one of the most profound things this week for sure on this show, because it, when when Jesus called us to love our neighbors as ourselves, and you said, that's part of the problem. We're loving our neighbors like we love ourselves. And we have a problem loving ourselves. We have a problem forgiving ourselves for where we've been. Right. So where do you how do you tackle the problem? I mean, Martha and I do marriage mentoring. We talk we talk with couples all the time, don't we, Martha? About learning people learning to forgive themselves. Yeah, and relieve and understanding what that forgiveness really means. But um, a lot of times, it's easier for them to even forgive someone else than themselves. So, Ford, as the Lord starts to lay this on your heart that we need to teach people to love themselves the way God loves them, so that they can therefore love their neighbor the way God loves them. How? how I mean, how did, how did God continue to form that then? Well, you know, lots of times uh, 
you know, if you talk about going to church or leadership or any subject, uh, there's a lot of good information out there about what, you know, what is Christianity, what is the right thing to do, uh, but there's not a lot of how. And like you just said, we do a, a marriage ministry, but has anybody a- actually taught people how to learn to love themselves the way God loves them hmm. so that they can understand that, so that they can show that love to other people? Uh, it's interesting that uh, at this conference I just came from, uh, George Barna was one of the speakers, and, hmm. and he talked about the number of people in America who claim to be Christians and that 9% of them had a true biblical worldview but that based on his research, only 3% had had a true transformation, you know, in God, in Jesus. And, and he said he found that all those that have had a true transformation, it's all happened through brokenness. And so— That makes sense. Right. And so, you know, my concern is, you know, we fight brokenness so much that because we fight it, we never experience that love that God has for us. But if we experience the love that he's given us— Showing that to others just becomes natural. It's not hard. You know, forgiving others is not a hard thing to do. But if you don't know how to do that, if you don't know how to receive that, if you don't know what in our brain causes us not to be able to do that and how to fix it, there, there lies the problem. And so that's one of the things we try to do is to show people the how to get there, not just the what it is. That seems like a really overwhelming deal. It's a good thing God's behind this deal, because otherwise that'd be impossible. I mean, I mean, because you look at the tele. I mean, people are constantly bombarding their minds with garbage, heavily piled garbage, and they don't hear anything on the radio. They don't hear much on the radio. They don't hear. They don't see much on television. They don't see much on YouTube that is telling them, teaching them how to truly love who God has created in them. People don't. A lot of people don't even take the time to figure out who God created them to be let alone to be able to love who God created them to be. We're, most of the time they're t- saying, well, I wish I was like somebody else. I wish I was like somebody else. And so this is a big concept, this love thing. Uh, it's a huge concept. And it's, it, it's uh, you know, one of the things that, that we teach in this training that we do, which is connected to Love 2020 now in a big way, is uh, everything we teach is really, really simple, but it's not easy. Therefore, we make it complicated, and we choose to what we call live in the river of complication. But once you cross the bridge of transformation, and you just quoted Romans twelve two. Well, Romans twelve one is even more critical than twelve two to me because it talks about why you have a transformed mind. But um, but but once we cross that bridge and truly change the way we think, we find that everything that's always been simple now becomes easier. And so we, we try to show people that it, it's like lifting weights. If we have a muscle that atrophies, it's quite simple, lift weights, but that's not easy. And so if we have thoughts in our brain that are uh, impacting us negatively, then we have, to, you know, we have to atrophy those thoughts and we have to build up new thoughts, new truths. Because for every uh, truth that Jesus and God has for us, the enemy and man, and sometimes ourselves, we have a lie to combat that truth. And so what we try to show people is how to remove the lie and replace it with the truth. And when we do that, that light bulb comes on, we experience God on a daily basis, and then we're not looking for the other things to fulfill what it is that God now fulfills. And then love and forgiveness becomes very, very easy. You keep saying we, we, we. We're, we're doing this training. Who's we? <laughs> well, I didn't really, I, I didn't come on to talk about 
about that that much. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it some. I just really can't want to talk about Love 2020. Well, that's okay. <laughs> so are you saying we being transformational leadership? Yes. Okay. So it's okay. Is that not who you are? Uh, that that is a big part of who I am. So then, how do we possibly have a conversation about Love Twenty Twenty and the Mission American Coalition? <laughs> we don't talk about what drove you to that passion. It's okay. Well, it's okay. It's okay. We give we give shameless plugs on the show all the time. Yeah. We're not likely we're going to generate any business for you, but that's okay. I'm not looking for that. So no, that's okay. But talk to me about where where did this this passion come from? I mean, transformational leadership. It's your company. What? Well, I mean, you're saying we teach this, so you're, but you're teaching, you're dealing with CEOs and executives, right? And pastors and, and pastors. stay-at-home moms and okay. school teachers. So and everybody. Everybody, every sphere. Okay. Well, we got a little bit of time. Let's talk to you about that. Talk, talk to me what it looks like, because you say you actually do like citywide gatherings. Well, we do citywide gatherings, uh, you know, in different countries and different cities. We, we do it inside of companies, inside of whoever, inside of any. We, and we say an organization is anytime two or more people are in relationship and if you have influence with at least one person, that makes you a leader. So that basically means our training is for everybody, no matter who it is. Um, and a lot of it came from we, we had uh, a lot of business success in our first company. Uh, but if you know my story, you know I also had a lot of moral failures at the end of that company. Uh, and thank goodness God got a hold of me after that. And after he got a hold of me, I started doing more, uh, you know, I, I quit covering up what I'm doing with morals and integrity and started talking about Jesus more, started doing city transformation work. Well, I took this stuff and I took it to my pastor and I asked him, is any of this in the Bible? And he looked over and he came back and, and he's Southern Baptist too. And he, and he came back and he said, you have no idea what you have here. I said, so it is in the Bible? He said, yes. I said, where? He said, go find it for yourself. <laughs> and so what I started master. what I started realizing a lot of these principles and concepts that we had intuitively used in our business that I had not intuitively used in my personal life were successful for everybody. All right, Ford. Just let's step back a little bit and Martha wanted to just bring back up something you dealt with right at the beginning of the show and she wanted to tie this back in. This the whole goal of today's show is to help you, our listener, and the four of us sitting in the studio, Ford's wife, Sandra, is in the studio with us today, but refuses to sit in front of the microphone. <laughs> We're going to just talk about, but she's his she's his light. She 37 years of by his side. It's amazing. We have a live studio audience. We have a live studio audience today. It's <laughs> fantastic. That's right. well, and there's she's a picture clapping. on Facebook about it. Okay. So talk to, Martha, why don't you ask your question? Well, it wasn't really a question. I just was, as I was thinking about um, Ford's testimony, that in the difficulty of being diagnosed with Lyme disease, how you have seen God work in those details. And then we were talking about loving people and really the transformation in our life happens most dramatically, authentically, whatever word you want to say, when somebody is truly broken. And I just think that those things resonate with people, the people listening to us, us talking with each other, the fact that most of us are experiencing adversity or something that's stressful or causing us anxiety because we live life in this broken world. Culture shows us this very perfect life all around us, and we don't relate to that because we feel inferior to that. But I think that just the way this is kind of weaving, and then we're talking about trying to love on people, and I want to hear so much more about that. I think that people are really can relate to that because 
we none of us are perfect. And mm-hmm. so many people put up a facade. And when we can um, allow ourselves to be broken and say, okay, Lord, you have all of me. I, I'm done. A guy told me last week, I was talking to him, and he had come to a point where he had surrendered to the Lord. And I said, what happened? And he said, imagine your face in a mud puddle. You cannot suck in air. You have to lift up your face and look up. And that's what I did in my life, figuratively. And I looked up and there was God just waiting for me. And that's really what brokenness, that's a picture of brokenness right there. That's to you, Ford. (laughs) There was no question, but I... (laughs) If you want me to go back and touch on that for a minute, I'm sure. Please, please. Uh, so first, let's go back to the f- the first career, and I'll, qu- I'll try to quickly tell that story. As, as our company grew, we bought broken companies, uh, go in, put a management team in place, fix it. Well, that later turned into me commuting from College Station, Texas, to Cincinnati, Ohio for 23 months. Mm. Uh, during that commute, I had these moral failures. Uh, after God hit me over the head with a two-by-four, I started getting some counseling to break out of these moral failures and realized he was calling me to do something about transforming lives. Uh, I gave a message at the Aronoff Center in Cincinnati, Ohio, about transforming cities. And I actually said in this message, now I'm Southern Baptist, uh, I don't believe in the prophetic, but God sent me here to tell you this. So a lot of people got a lot of fun out of that and still do. But a couple of days after that, Sandra had been in one of those presentations and we were on vacation and we woke up and on vacation, she said, honey, I want you to, to tell me the truth about this other woman. And, and I told her, and my belief was I had no question in my mind she would leave me. I mean, it was just, it was just a done deal. Uh, and I even said to her that maybe God just wanted me to give the message on transformation and I'm done now. Uh, and I told her it was all my fault. And, and I said these words to her, and I think she would tell you now, she's sitting right here, that it didn't come across like it does now. But I said to her, I know you're going to leave me. And back then, I believe God gave her permission. I don't believe that anymore. But... I believe that God gave her permission to leave me because of what I'd done. And, and I told her that, and I said, I know you're going to leave me because uh, if you love me, I know you don't love me because if you love me, I wouldn't have done the things I did. And in and and no way did, it, did she hear I'm blaming you, but I truly believe she didn't love me. And, and, and she looked me right square in the eye, and she said, why would I leave you? I love you more than anything on this earth. And for the first time after all those years in church, I knew what it meant when they said Jesus is unconditionally loving mm. and unconditionally forgiving, mm-hmm. not unconditionally accepting, mm-hmm. okay, but unconditional love. And, I, and for the and I just broke. Well, then you you turn the clock forward to the Lyme disease. Now all these years later, and and while I was so sick, they were trying to throw antidepressants at me, and and I was telling them, you know, doctors, I, I've held the loaded gun in my hand. I've been to the the bridge of the river. I've sat in the car and talked seen you know if i go off that exit it's construction they won't they'll think it was an accident i know what that is and this is not that i understand why people that have whatever i have feels that way but i know the difference and i'm not taking those drugs and and when they were running all these tests i'd gone back to cincinnati from texas and and i'd be sharing how to answer your question Mm -hmm. about the brokenness and and all along the way there's things that happen that continue to break us and when you ask for wisdom you know, the Bible says, you know, humility precedes wisdom and honor and glory come after wisdom. So when you're praying for wisdom every day, there's a chance you're going to find places that God's going to find a way to, to humble you. And I was up there when I came home, Sandra hugged me. She said, how are you doing? I said, I'm not doing well. She says, is there anything that makes you feel good? And, and I said, and I thought for a long, long time. And 
I said, well, you know, helping other people makes me feel good. And she said, well, why don't we get you a couple appointments a day and let you help some other people, but if that makes you feel good. Well, the next morning, so we went to bed that night, and the next morning we woke up, and I was in a fetal position uh, for a lot of reasons, but one was the physical pain. You have to go look up Lyme disease mm-hmm. to understand that, but mm-hmm. part of it was emotional and spiritual pain. And, and she rolled over, and she hugged me, and, and she asked me, what was wrong? And I said, I'm really hurting. I said, but what's really wrong is I'm a fraud. And she said, what? I said, I'm a fraud. And, and she said, what do you mean? I said, well, when you asked me yesterday what makes me feel good, I gave you part of the answer. But I shared with her that, you know, food makes me feel good again. And I'd kind of gotten over that. But when I was in Cincinnati that, you know, some pornography had popped up, some pictures had popped up on my screen. And I opened them and looked at them that I acted out on the pornography um, three times, actually. And and I cheated on her again. I'm so sorry. And she just rolled over and she said, honey, you're really sick right now. Don't worry about it. So what God continues to teach me in these pits is more and more how not to do those things. But if we do, how to continue to confess them to him and repent and, and get them out in the open so we don't continue that behavior. Mm. And I told people I'm ready to run out of stories. Mm. <laughs> you know? He's the national director for the Love 2020 movement. And, and you have just heard... A powerful testimony. If, and if you're just tuning in right now, I just, Martha and I would encourage you to go back out to the archives or listen to the podcast and hear the first half of the show. This is the beginning of a strategic, synergistic partnership between I Work For Him and Love 2020. And Ford Taylor is that director of the workplace focused side of that. And we have so many synergies. And Ford, I want to thank you for being transparent on the radio because you there are tons of business people out there that relate exactly to what you shared. And there are tons of people, Sandra, even though Sandra's not on the air with us today, but she's sitting here, she's our live studio audience. There are tons of ladies, Sandra, that are going, I don't know if I could do what Sandra did. I don't know if I could forgive. I don't know if I could love my husband unconditionally when he failed on me. But there, we have met, Martha and I have met dozens of women who have made that commitment and said, no, I'm not going to give up on my husband because I know the power of Jesus is way stronger than that. And there's too much collateral damage if we give up on our marriage. And and and, I, and you know that. You guys see it. There's collateral damage all around us. I mean, there's like strewn bodies across our country because we give it up on marriage so easily. But who would you rather have as a leader of a movement to bring an authentic touch of Jesus Christ to every Christ or every person in America than a guy who's willing to be transparent and share a story like that. So, Ford, I'm honored to be in the studio with you today. So, Ford, you've got Transformational Leadership is your company. FSH, I'm not sure what it stands for, but I know that's also part of related what you're doing. But how did you get all of that connected to the Mission America Coalition and what you're doing for Love 2020? Well, the Mission America Coalition director, Paul Cedar, had one of his best friends who is a best friend and spiritual father to me call me and ask, would I be interested in getting involved? And I told him I didn't really have time. Uh, Paul called me then after Jerry and said, is there any chance you would consider leading, convening, serving the workplace infinity sphere? And I said, Paul, I really don't have time, but I'll pray about it. Uh, After nine months of prayer, (laughs) uh, he continued to say, I kept giving him other suggestions of people that I thought could do a better job than me that were more connected. And and he kept calling and saying, we will really believe that God gave us your name. And after nine months and talking to Sandra and a lot of the things I'm involved in, I uh, got other people to take some things off of my plate and called back and said, okay, Paul, 
I think you're right. This is God. But I need to call a few people just to be sure. So I called about a dozen other marketplace leaders, some of whom you've mentioned already on the show today or in our conversation. And all of them said, yes, we'll be involved. And it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, I was hoping that wouldn't happen. But they did. (laughs) Um, And since they all said, let's convene, I said, yes. And here we went. It is an amazing. And you said when we first met and and we connections from two of our listeners darren Shearer and oz hillman said hey you gotta meet ford taylor you gotta talk to ford taylor how many ministries do you have joining you already in this workplace initiative as part of love 2020 how many have come together and said we want to be part of what you're doing golly i I wish i could give you that number i've not looked probably let me me put it this way there's about 30 uh city movements going on around the workplace in major cities in america there's about uh 300 city reaching movements there's about 30 focused on the workplace and there's about 100 national faith and work coalition okay ministries you know our goal is to get all 430 of those groups to help us get the word out okay right now i would say maybe 10 percent of those groups are actively saying you know, I'm in or have someone key in their organization a part of what we're doing. And so our hope is now and we just recently started coming out with strategy. So we spent almost 18 months in prayer, dialogue, writing vision, purpose, mission with what I then objective strategies and action plans. So we just now published that uh, in the last few weeks. And so uh, now we're actually able to start sending stuff out to people and saying, Hey, would you go to the website? Would you sign up? Would you commit to being a part of this? And if we can get those hundred, those national hundred ones to say, I'm willing to help the Love 2020 movement because I don't have to lay anything I'm doing down. Nothing. I'm not quitting this and joining that. I'm just making this a part of what I'm already doing. Uh, It'll take almost no time for them, very little work. And we can get the word out very quickly. So let's start getting practicals. We got a lot of people listening today. They're going, wait a minute, Jim, can you dot the I's and cross the T's for us? And Martha's looking at me and go, Jim, come on, let's get, get the show moving along. <laughs> I'm not moving fast enough for you today. How? What is love? No, everybody's just not listening fast They're enough. not listening fast enough, as our pastor Jeff would say. Yes. What What connect? I mean, you said workplace affinity sphere. I just like the workplace initiative. I think that was a little simple. Affinity sphere sounds much more. Sounds cool. It sounds very cool. I have no idea what it is, but the, okay, there you go. An affinity sphere. Can you draw that? Yes. No, you cannot. I There's, can. You can draw an affinity it's a sphere. A <laughs> with It's a circle with an affinity towards what? Okay. All right. Towards the workplace. All right. Draw a picture for the listeners today. What is Love 2020? What's the purpose of Love 2020 in the workplace? What, I mean, let's start drawing this. What does this look like? Okay. Could we touch 156 million people that are workplace age very simply with the touch of the love of Jesus at work through prayer, care, and share? And then, you know, us business guys, we can't leave anything alone, so we added and discipleship, okay? And, and so can we do that? Well, we can if we give people practical tools on how to do it. So how do you pray for people? You write down the names of the people that work around you, and you pray for them every day. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to tell them. You know, mm-hmm. Or write down three people and pray for them. Because if you do that, I can almost promise you they're going to start asking you questions. Mm-hmm. Okay? How, can you, how can you care about them? Well, if you see they're overloaded at work, offer to bring them their lunch. 
so they can work through lunch and get caught up. If you're going to get some water, bring them some water. Bring them some coffee. I mean, show that you care about them. Like you said earlier, if you see someone that's having a down day, just go up and ask them. You know, we're, we're asking people, stop praying with your coworkers at 8 o'clock and screaming at them at 10. Learn how not to show frustration <laughs> with your coworkers. Say that again. I mean, you gotta stop say praying with your employees at 8 o'clock and screaming at them at 10 or your coworkers. I would prefer you didn't pray with them because they don't believe you because your body language, your tone of voice, and your words don't line up. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to give all these real simple, practical ways. Uh, open the door for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just some really kind you know, if somebody drops something, bend over and pick it up. If you can help somebody at work get their job done and expect nothing in return, because what will happen is when you care about that for people, like that for people, they will ask you, why do you love me this much? Now you got a chance to share. Now, how do you share? Share your food. I mean, it doesn't have to be sharing the gospel. Uh, take, take some of those people you're praying for to lunch, you know, once a month. Take one or two of them once a week. Do something to show them you care. And take them to lunch. Learn their story. Ask them about them. Don't make it about you. And as they share their story, they're going to ask you your story. Well, part of your story is the grace that Jesus showed you. So it's just part of your story. It's not the Bible in one hand and a knife in the other. It's not hitting them over the head with the four spiritual laws. It's hitting them over the head with a touch of love. And then we're trying to get the, the workplace believer to understand that, that you are a part of God's kingdom. You are a part of the economy of God. You don't have to grow up and mature, quit your job and go to seminary and go to full-time ministry. Amen. Say it I again. Mean, say it again. You got to say it again. You are. I mean, Romans 12.1 says, let everything you do bring honor and glory to God. This is your true and proper worship. Therefore, be you transformed by the renewing of your mm-hmm. mind. And so if everything we do is our true and proper worship, become not just a, a pastor, a shepherd, or a minister in the workplace, Take it beyond that, that that workplace, I mean, think for a minute, if the three largest companies in America went out of business next week, what would happen to the economy in America? I don't know. We almost found that out in 2008. We almost did, and we may still one day. But my point is, realize that your role is not just as a shepherd, as a pastor, a minister in in the business world. It's not just that. It is that, but it's not just that. Your role is important in God's kingdom. It, without you doing what you do at work, God's economy doesn't work. You don't just have to work and give your money somewhere else. Your work is your worship. It is part of what you do. And we're trying to get people to really change their way of thinking enough to receive that and accept it. Because if everything I do is worship, that means me yelling at somebody through email means that's an act of worship. So who am I worshiping when I do that? Mm, so very yeah. small, practical hints on how to pray, care, and share without screaming Jesus with our mouth, scream it with our behavior. Well, and what I challenge often as we share, Martha, don't I, as we share the I Work For Him Nation covenant, when you start to pray for your coworkers and employees, it's not about what you're going to see in their lives. It's how the Lord transforms your own heart towards those people. So you start to see them the way right. he sees them. That's right. And and like you said, then when they are broken or in a, in a situation, who are they going to go to? That's where the Holy Spirit gets involved. You know, he sees that, that that they can make a connection with you and that they need you. And they've seen that in you and your heart has changed towards them. So you're more loving Absolutely. Hence love 2020. Well, and I'm going to find a, a, a prayer, care, share, and disciple. No, we got to find a word, the fourth word that will oh, rhyme stop. with prayer, care, share. <laughs> it's, there's got to be something there. But when you 
when you look at this in the workplace, and, we, and how are we going to get the message out to the, you know, if there's 156 million non, you're assuming that there's 156 million non Christ followers in the workplace. So, how many Christ followers do you think are in the workplace? Well, we, th- you know, based on research, we think somewhere between 30 and 40 percent of them are at some level depending on your continuum, a Christ follower. Okay. And maybe even up to half, depending on how you ask the question. It could even be 75%. Mm-hmm. So it all depends how you ask the question. And But but those that claim to know Jesus, or at least about Jesus, is a pretty big number. But let's just say 40-something million. Okay, so how are you guys going to get this message across the globe, well, our, our, across our part of the globe? Okay. Well, one is doing what we're doing right now. You know, we're asking people to become spokespersons for that message. Uh, PureFlix, for example, the company PureFlix that mm-hmm. produces movie movies, they're going to start putting the Love 2020 message within their movies. So that's going to reach millions of people. Uh, you know, that's you talked fantastic. about Darren Shearer, Oz Hillman, John Ramstead. I mean, these guys have thousands and thousands and thousands of followers on their on their blogs, on their on their daily, you know, TGIF, uh, on their podcast. You know, they're all going to start putting this out there. Uh, they, our team has asked me to produce two videos that are about between two and three minutes to, to go boom, 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 one to the marketplace and one to the pastors, because our, our our issue is a delivery system. We have the delivery system. You know, we got tens of thousands of churches. We got tens. You know, we have thousands of of Christian podcasts, Christian radio, magazines. So the delivery system's there. The question is, can we work together in the delivery system to get mm. that message out? Well, here's we're gonna. I work for him is committed to this, and this is exactly exactly where we've always wanted to go with this, isn't it, Martha? Yes, it is. So we're gonna be we're gonna be right alongside you for it as we take this nationwide and grow. We want to grow the impact of Christ on our nation, bring our nation back to its knees before our heavenly Father. You're listening to I Work for Him with your hosts Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Another fast moving conversation, and, and this is an opening conversation. You're going to hear lots more about the Love 2020 movement. You can find out more about Love 2020 online at love2020.com. That's love2020.com. If you're listening today, go to that website love2020.com. Love2020.com. How can you transform your workplace? Love2020.com. As Ford, we're running out of time. The show's almost over. We've been talking about, we've, we've just, how does, how do we take this to the next level? You're just launching this initiative, as you call the workplace affinity sphere. You're just launching this initiative in the workplace. You're working with pastors. You're working with business leaders. What's the next wave? How do we get all the people in the weeds? Because this doesn't just, I mean, it's great when you have business leaders that are, that are believing and living this. But it's the people in the weeds that really make the impact because business leaders sometimes don't connect to the people in the weeds in their businesses. How do we get everybody involved from every level? Well, you know, number one, you, you have church leadership, business leadership, marketplace ministry leadership that is all along a continuum. On one end, you have people that want to do it all in them, by themselves. And on the other end, you have people that want to collaborate with everyone. So we want to focus on the people that want to collaborate about a movement taking place. So that's who we're going to focus on. However, we're also going to do a grassroots where every, hopefully a lot more people can hear about it, even if their leader isn't collaborating. So we're basically going from both ends. The website is one way. I told you about the two videos. Being in the movies, uh, there's a magazine that we may publish. We're talking about that right now, uh, that people would collaborate together around that. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways 
but to be able to get to 156 million people in four years, there's going to have to be a lot of people uh, start now mm-hmm. and start but, connecting their friends. Right. But if, if right now the people on the, on the show, if they would go to love2020.com and register and just look at the things that are on there, that would be a big start for us today. Great. On the website, when they get out there, they're going to find a lot of other really good information. And in just a, in the few minutes we have left, why don't you talk to people about the, some of the stuff they'll find out there. Okay. Well, if they go into the Love 2020, they'll, they'll see a lot of resources of, you know, even how to share about Jesus. But if they're, if they're in the workplace, and remember, workplace doesn't just mean in the business. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a school teacher, there's, a, there's an education affinity sphere that you may want to click on, but you're also in the workplace. Right. And so, but if you, if you click on that, whichever one it is, the workplace one, you're going to see very specific details about what it means to care what it means to share, what it means for prayer, what discipleship is, and very specific details to encourage you to move forward as a workplace person. There's also a 21-minute little video out there that really casts a lot more of the vision and detail uh, that I think would help people, if they're interested, to watch a little bit of that. Love2020.com. That's love2020.com. Is there a blog spot out there where people can share their stories of, hey, here's what I've been doing. Here's here's something that's going on in my workplace because of my commitment to Love2020 where they can share their story? Absolutely. They can go in and click on it. It says share stories. You know, people are always trying to get me to write blogs. Uh, you know, I tell people I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm a talker, not a writer. And so those people that are writers... Okay, please write Mm -hmm. because we need that. Awesome. Ford Taylor with Love 2020. Thank you so much for your first appearance on I Work For Him. Thank you, Jim. It's been an honor to be with you and Martha. I want to just challenge you to go out to Love 2020 right now and make that commitment. Just join. Just say, hey, no, I want to be part of this movement, which is, is connecting the ministries that you're hearing about on I Work For Him and you have heard for the last three and a half years. This is a movement for us all to pull together in a one spot and impact our country like no political election could ever do. Jesus can transform all of the hearts. He's transformed my heart. He's transformed your heart. Let's bring him and introduce him to the people we work with so he can transform their hearts. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, and we own our own business, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.